The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's a Sunday morning, we're on Riviera Radio and it's time to talk to Rob Kay. How are you doing, Rob? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Howard. Yourself? I am. I'm glad Good. we're into October. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, over the past weeks, we've focused on various taxes that most of us will face at some point in our lives. Earlier this week, the 2023 French budget was announced, and the UK's new Chancellor of the Exchequer also announced what was described as a mini-budget. So I'd like us to discuss what was announced and how they could affect us. However, before we discuss budgets and taxes, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, uh, locally, anyone who tried to get around Monaco this past week could not avoid the Monaco Yacht Show, which we're told was back with a bang, bigger, bolder and busier than ever before. The show finished last night with the usual klaxon of noise from the assembled yachts, and we all hope that after three difficult years, the yachting industry has had a successful show, despite the absence of the Russians and their money. Staying local, Monaco, its Formula One fans and its hospitality businesses all breathed a massive sigh of relief this week when it was announced that the Monaco Grand Prix will stay on the F1 calendar for another three years, until at least 2025. Moving across the border into France, as I'm sure most of us know now, non-EEA nationals such as British nationals who want to remain in France for longer than three months or relocate permanently must apply for an entry visa. There are several different visas based on who's applying, but the one that will normally be issued will be a visa de long séjour volant titre de séjour, VLS-TS, visitor. The application cannot be made earlier than 90 days before your departure, and importantly, the issuance of the visa is subject to a test of resources and health insurance. The law states that the visa is granted subject to the applicant having income, at least equivalent to the minimum working wage, the SMIC, now, the SMIC goes up each year based on inflation, and unsurprisingly, it's already risen twice this year. So since August, it's been at €1,329 per month, or just shy of €16,000 per year after the social charge deduction. In recent weeks, the French consulate in London have adopted a much stricter interpretation of the minimum income regret regulations, so a higher income test is now being applied, and a couple are supposed to have a joint income of no less than twice the minimum working wage so €2,658 per month. However, unofficially, the consular has stated €2,000 would be acceptable in either income or a mix of income and capital. If capital is used to supplement income, when you come to renew, if your income is the same as your previous application, you'll need to demonstrate you have sufficient capital to meet the minimum income requirements. In those circumstances, your visa will probably only be renewed on an annual basis and the standard five-year visa visa, sorry, would not be granted. Finally, I was really interested to read the AS Monaco football team, along with the other 90 league-earned football clubs, have partnered with Rebond to create the world's first ever football made from recycled vegetable materials. Rebond are dedicated to creating eco-friendly sports balls made from ecological materials. The club has also pledged to give all the proceeds to the Oceanic Institute, thus aiding the preservation of oceans and its wildlife and plant life. This AS Monaco um, development is the latest partnership which fits in with the club's strategy of becoming more environmentally responsible. Through the club's Red and White Beehives campaign, they've also committed to helping biodiversity in the Principality by financing a beehive for every 10 goals they score in the League One season. So let's hope they have a really cracking season and score lots of goals. Yes, 
Lots of honey after that, I see. Absolutely. So, Rob, turning to budgets, what does the French finance minister have in store for us in 2023? Well, France's 2023 project, the Loire for the Finance, was presented on Monday, and you won't be surprised to learn it was specifically focused on pushing down inflation. The French finance minister, Bruno Le Maire, said no new spending will be approved unless it's been budgeted to the nearest euro. The economy is holding up in terms of growth and employment and investment, but inflation is the state's absolute priority. The government said it expects the economy to grow by 1% next year, while the OECD suggested that figure may be a little ambitious and a figure closer to 0.6% may be closer to the mark. Now, we have to hope that we've passed the worst of this current crisis, but we're certainly not out of the woods. So it may have been a little premature to be told by Le Maire that French public finances will, will return to a deficit below 3% by 2027, and the public debt will start to reduce from 2026. We were told the 2023 budget represents a slight reduction in public spending, 56.7% of GDP compared to 576 in 2022 which will be made possible through the highly controversial reforms to pension and unemployment cover. Budgets are usually dull affairs, so they frequently spiced up by announcing major projects or a rabbit out of the hat. Was that the case on Monday? Yeah, I, I frequently get confused by the expression greenwashing. It seems OK when it's used by some, including ministers and government departments, but pillared when used by others. As you would expect, alongside the budget announcements, funding for several environmental projects were also announced. The Public Accounts Minister, Gabriel Attal, announced half a billion euros will be given to My Prime Renov, which is an eco-friendly renovation scheme. €250 million Euros will be spent encouraging the French to get on their bikes. I remember Norman Tebbit telling the UK people to do that back in the early 80s. And €1.5 billion Euros will be handed over to local authorities to encourage what were described as environmental initiatives. Minister Le Maire reminded France that it depends too much on fossil fuels, which came over as quite ironic, because Le Maire positioned the state as having to protect the population from itself and invest so much money to protect the population from the price rises caused by the war in the Ukraine because of the population's over-dependence on fossil fuels. Earlier this month, the government announced that increases to gas and electricity bills will be capped at 15% in 2023. It reminded France that without this government intervention, the increase would sit at around 120%. He said this subsidy will cost the state around €48 billion. Euros. But in reality... Levies on the energy companies are likely to bring the real cost of this measure down to around €12 billion. Euros. Minister Attal said the only spending we will continue to increase is healthcare. The deficit in social security spending in, uh, will fall in 2023 from €17.8 billion to £6.8 billion, simply because of a reduction in the amount of funding needed for COVID-related care. The Prime Minister, Elizabeth Bourne, had already announced before the budget was announced that the price of a packet of cigarettes would rise with inflation. She said it would be paradoxical if the increase in the price of cigarettes were kept below inflation, considering the impact of tobacco on the country's health. It would be more understandable if the rises echoed inflation, so we've decided to index the taxpayer for a packet of cigarettes based on inflation. We will have to see what happens once inflation is reined in. I suspect this revised strategy could be a temporary one. Also, the government announced €935 million will be spent boosting teachers' salaries 
by at least 10%, as well as funding additional pay for overtime hours. This is in addition to 1.7 billion euros, which was introduced in July to fund an increase in pay scales. The government also plans to recruit 10,764 new civil servants, fund 5,900 rooms for refugees and asylum seekers created in welcome support centres and emergency shelters all over France, and increase the funding given to immigration, asylum and integration, which will equate to a 113 million year-on-year increase. Overall, France is planning to borrow £270 billion in 2023 compared to £260 billion, which it borrowed in 2021 and 2022. This is all high-level stuff, Rob, but what about us ordinary people? How would this budget impact the euros in our paychecks? <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, well, France intends to increase its income tax brackets in 2023, raising each threshold by 5.4% to account for inflation. This means a single person with no children, who in tax term counts as one unit or one part, will start paying 11% tax when their income exceeds €10,778. This is up from 10226 which is the appropriate rate this year. Income tax will now be applied at 30% for people earning above €27,479, as opposed to the current level at €26,071. This budget still must be adopted by Parliament because it's for 2023, but if it is, we need to remember the new tax brackets will apply to tax declarations filed in spring 2023 based on income earned in 2022, i.e. this year. The aim of increasing the tax bracket threshold is to stop people who've had their salaries increased to cope with inflation, ending in a higher tax bracket and therefore being penalised having to pay more tax. This is notably the case for, for, for people earning the minimum wage, which as I mentioned previously has been increased twice this year due to inflation. If the threshold had not been increased, a single person earning minimum wage would end up paying income tax of about €130 Euros when people earning minimum wage do not normally pay income tax. Importantly, increasing the thresholds will also mean less tax is paid by those whose income has not been increased. A single person who earns two and a half grand a month will pay €328 Euros less in tax due to these revised rates. It's normal in France for the government to adjust income tax bracket thresholds for inflation. This has happened regularly since 1969, except for 2012 and 13, when the scales were frozen for budgetary reasons. Turning to the UK, it's been a busy first month in the job for Liz Truss, and the first budget of her tenure was not without some controversy. <laughs> that's that's very true. I mean, Miss Trust has definitely thrown all her cards on the table early and gambled her premiership on boosting growth at all costs by by unveiling uh, the biggest tax package of cuts in in the best part of thirty years. Her new Chancellor, the Exchequer, Quasi Quatang, announced forty five billion pound of tax cuts in what he described as part of a new era for Britain. The tax cuts combined with the NSE support package, will require £72 billion in government borrowing this year. Kwarteng described them as central to solving the riddle of growth. However, sterling went into freefall and hit its lowest level since 1985 due to concerns about the level of borrowing and whether the plans would be enough to stimulate growth. The pound initially fell in line with other currencies against the dollar, which has gained strength in, in the last recent weeks. But since then, the sterling sell-off sell -off has accelerated. 
That prompted leading economists to call for the Bank of England to implement emergency measures to prop up the pound and reassure the markets. There are concerns that interest rates will have to rise because of the impact of the stimulus packets. Commentators are now predicting interest rates at 5% by next May, which will obviously increase the pressure on borrowers. Allies of Trust described the approach as effectively go big or go home in an effort to turn the economy around. So what was the detail of Kwasi Kwarteng's first budget? The big plan is to drive down inflation, as it is in France, um, cut taxes to boost the growth. Um, so he's controversially scrapped the 45% top rate of income tax for those earning more than £150,000, so they will pay a maximum rate of 40%. He's brought forward to 2023 the 1p in the pound cut to basic rate of income tax, which was promised by the previous Chancellor, Rishi Sunak. This cut alone will cost the UK government £5 billion a year. There'll be a four-year transition period for gift aid relief to maintain the basic rate relief at 20% until April 2027 to support charities. The threshold for stamp duty on house purchases was immediately raised from £125,000 to £250,000. For first-time buyers, it will rise from £300,000 to £425,000 and the value of the property on which the first-time buyer can claim relief has been raised from £500,000 to £625,000. As you would expect, the newspapers jumped on the fact that the cap on um, bankers' bonuses has been scrapped. It was introduced under EU law in 2014, but the UK government now believes it limits London's competitiveness against financial rivals such as New York and Hong Kong. The planned rising corporation tax from 19% to 25% next April has also been scrapped to support business investment. Reversing the increase should put the estimate £19 billion a year back into the economy and make the UK's corporation tax the lowest in the G20. It's an attempt to stop Britain from appearing unattractive to businesses that might otherwise set up operations in the EU or the US. National insurance contributions will also be reduced by 1.25% from November, which reverses the change introduced in April, and it will also reverse the 1.25% increase in dividend rates tax also from April. So the rates will revert back to 7.5% for basic rate taxpayers and 32.5% for higher rate taxpayers. And last but probably not least, Howard, by no means we should underestimate this one, Alcohol duty will be frozen from February 23 to provide additional support, they said, for that part of the industry sector. Well, over the past couple of years, you've made frequent references to tax thresholds being frozen. You've not referred to any thaws, so I presume that strategy hasn't changed. (laughs) No, none of those stealth strategies were removed or even loosened. During a week when the uh, when these emergencies, some might describe them as knee-jerk messages, were introduced, it was also reported that the freeze to the lifetime allowance, as an example, for pensions, had generated the government an additional £382 billion, and it was paid by 8,610 people who had simply drawn on their pensions, which they'd saved up over many, many years. And the LTA charge was triggered by them just simply accessing their pensions. Now, this represents an 11% increase in tax compared to last year, and it highlights just how effective freezing thresholds is. The lifetime allowance threshold has been frozen at £1,073,100, and that will be in place until 2026. 
We frequently hear about ingenious ways the taxman uses to check up on us. I think the last one was helicopters being used to check for undisclosed swimming pools. With your experience, do you have any simple guidance to keep the taxman at bay? Yeah, we are told checks by French tax officials resulted in an extra 7.8 billion euros being generated for this for the French state coffers last year, which buys an awful lot of uh, of helicopter scouting missions. But we all need to be careful. We don't fall foul of what our requirements are because ignorance is no defence. Maximising tax revenue is more important than ever, so more checks and controls are taking place. Everyone living in France must declare their worldwide income and gains. Non-residents must declare French income. And an easy rule to fall foul of is not declaring overseas bank accounts. That can cost you €1,500 per account. And don't forget, PayPal accounts, online accounts and cryptocurrency accounts also need to be declared. You also need to be careful if there is a substantial variation in your income. Windfalls and bonuses need to be declared correctly. Family transactions are red flags for the taxman and they will be interrogated. The income you declare from an investment property needs to be consistent with the value of that property or you can easily walk yourself into a wealth tax control. And on the subject of EFE, you need to remember you are required to declare a reasonable market valuation or that helicopter could spend a little more time hovering over your property the next time it passes. So if you'd like to understand if any of these budget changes impact you or if it's simply time to review your overall strategic financial planning arrangements, Organise a discussion with one of our local Blevins Franks partners by contacting our Valbon office. The telephone number there is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Or if our Monaco office is more convenient for you, you can arrange a call or a meeting with one of our Monaco-based partners by telephoning Monaco 97775574. That's 97775574. And as usual, as we say every week, you can also contact us via our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. What interesting times we are living through. We'll talk again next Sunday morning. (laughs) Absolutely, Howard. Thank you very much for your time. I'll speak to you next week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 or riviera at com. Is your wealth management on track to meet your objectives and provide long-term financial security? Blevins Franks has 45 years' experience managing our clients' capital. We provide a range of integrated financial services to give you peace of mind about your future. Our investment recommendations are personalized for you and designed to be tax efficient and meet your estate planning wishes. Contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.